Welcome to the podcast. We do recover with Jared Miller, your host. And I'm Dr. Terry Sellers, your co-host. This is a podcast about recovery from addiction. We want to talk about what successful recovery can look like. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center, Rise Up Subs, and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. Good morning, good afternoon, or good night. It's all dependent upon when you're listening to this episode. Speaking of that, I just want to start this off by saying thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you. It's so fun to watch. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. <laughs> Sean's speaking for the, the listeners, the audio listeners the of this thing. It's fun to watch this thing grow. It's fun to see people share it out. I, there's just so much love and gratitude that I have today starting off 2024. I just want to say thank you. Welcome to episode 141. Our topic today is going to be overcoming a faith crisis. To help us out with that, we have a guest who joined us all the way back. It was several years ago, right? I think it was pre-COVID. Episode 25 was titled, Get Involved with Mark Pepper. Wow. Today we welcome back clinical mental health counselor, Mark Pepper. Mark Q. Pepper. Q. Clinton. I'll take it. Made it up. I'll take it. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's been a minute since we've done this, Doc. Uh, Yes, it has. We took a little bit of hiatus. Well, we took a two-week hiatus. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to be back in the studio. This feels right. This feels good. All I'm right. enjoying it. Here we are. Nice. Before we jump into our topic of faith crisis, let's let's show some love to our sponsors. This podcast wouldn't be possible without our sponsorships. The first one's going to be Steps Recovery Centers. Steps Recovery Centers is an adult substance abuse and mental health treatment provider. Steps Recovery Centers provides all levels of care. They have a medical detox facility multiple residential treatment centers, and outpatient services reaching from the top of Utah to the bottom. Recovery starts with you, and at Steps Recovery Centers, there is always hope. Call them today at 801-800-8142 or visit their website at stepsrc.com to learn more. So are we in the bottom? You said reaching from the top to the bottom. Are we in the bottom of Utah now? Yeah. All right. Absolutely. Mesquite, Nevada is like 20 minutes from here. You're at the uh, top of the bottom shelf, though. It's okay. Okay, great. <laughs> top shelf of the top shelf of stuff. The you're, at, you're at the top of the bottom shelf. Okay, we got there you go. go with that. We got some top shelf stuff going on here. I'm already confused. Yeah, we appreciate them sponsoring People listen this podcast. To this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. He was talking. Sorry. It's pretty he amazing. Talking, he was just talking to my wife and his wife. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> and his mom. His mom listens too. So we, uh, we appreciate them sponsoring this podcast. Support us by supporting our sponsors. Our second sponsor that makes this thing possible is Rise Up Supplements. Rise Up Supplements is a nootropic line aimed at optimizing brain function and supporting mental health. They have two powerful blends. Mindful Mood helps decrease anxiety and enhance mood. Mind Shift helps increase focus and optimize brain function. Place your order today at riseupsups.com. That's R-I-S-E-U-P-S-U-P-S.com. App. Check out, punch in promo code, all caps, podcast20, to save yourself 20% off. We also appreciate them sponsoring this podcast. All right, fellas. I need some of that. You need some. Well, speaking the, of that. I need the gas, not the brakes. I actually brought su- oh some supplements. Oh, my gosh. I brought some supplements for, for my friend Mark Pepper here. There's some oh mind shift for you. Thank That's you. That's nice of you. Yeah. Give it Increase a try. Increase focus and optimize brain function. Have uh, you ever done a nootropic? Excuse me? Have you ever done, like, nootropics <laughs> supplementation? It feels like In I haven't. In the 60s. <laughs> I've been 60 for four months I don't think cocaine now, so. is a nootropic. It's Okay, it worked as one. <laughs> no, this, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. All right, Doc, you know how we always kick this thing off? How's little, that? little new and goods? Oh, man. New and goods. You know how good I am at this part of the podcast? You're beautiful. That's why oh, we have you do it. I'm terrible at this. Like, I hate new and goods because I can't ever think of anything. That's why we have you ask everybody. Okay. Hey, what's new and good in your world, Jared Miller? Yeah, Being back on the podcast is new and good. So I've, I've, I've gone through kind of, I had a, a s- simple surgery a few weeks ago, and then I got COVID, and just, man, this... It's just nice to have my health back. That's new. That's good. It's nice to be sitting with you guys, getting ready to talk about, you know, some spirituality and recovery. Life's good, man. That's been doing good. I don't necessarily want, I know you definitely don't want to talk about this, but simple surgery, you say. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, we're not going to go deep into this, but the definition of major surgery, it's any surgery that happens to you. 
No, that, it's minor yeah. surgery if it happens to somebody else. But good point. Any Solid surgery point. that happens to you is major surgery. Solid point. You recovering? Yeah, I'm recovering well. Pain? Really Any good. pain? There was pain at first. Was there? Okay. Outside of the first 72 hours, though, it it, uh, it, it was manageable. All right, good. I, ibuprofen and Tylenol. All right. You know, that, those things work. The, seriously, though, with the new and good, you really don't appreciate, like, your health and feeling well until you don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. And so, like, again, I'm not trying to be cheesy. I'm just super grateful to feel good today. There's this, um, there's a concept out there, and it's very specifically taught in the Mormon religion from a one specific scripture that states there must be opposition in all things, and that you cannot really appreciate the good until you've experienced some of the bad. Like without bad, you wouldn't quite appreciate good as much as you do, and I, I agree with that concept. I'm guessing most people do. Absolutely. That sounds a lot like the yin and yang that we're yeah. might getting into in yeah. this topic today. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Mark. Hi, Terry. What's going on? Man, just sitting with some friends what, yeah. on a Friday morning having a really nice time. Yeah, so... This feels good. For those of you that don't know this, Mark and I have been friends for a while now. We met at... I think we first met at a friend's... Uh, coin out. Coin out from treatment. Yep. And uh, we've been close friends ever since, and we love, we love hanging out and playing golf together. and For sure. Talking about music and listening to music. And yep. Pretending to play music and that sort of stuff. So, uh, what? Um, anything going on in your life that you want to talk about? Gosh, everything. Yeah. I mean, it's. Um, I was reminded of a time when I th one of my children said to me that uh, he said, "I think you think your life is better than it really is," mm. which was quite a compliment, right? That I I sort of have a routine and a very nice, simple life. That's profound to me. Yeah. Um, but I... It's I, because it's, you've known something that... You've known times that weren't profound to you. Correct. But it feels uh, really nice. Start of a new year. Down here with my friends. Yeah. Uh, this is lovely. What are you doing later? Golfing with you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was thinking about family relationships, too. That all of my family relationships are really good. Mm. The last time you were on here, you talked about you just lost your dad, and, and yep. you used it in a catalyst that was like, it's good because you realized that you had a good, loving relationship with him. Correct. So that, yeah. It's just crazy that both times you're mentioning family. That's a big thing to you. Apparently, it's a big thing to me. Yeah. It's good, so, man. It's a good thing to have. It's a big thing, for, for sure. For sure. I've got a great family. Yeah. I've met Sanford. What I, guy. I have some lamps in my room that Sanford mm. gave me <laughs> that I that It's I touching. Love. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. That's cool stuff. Nice. Thank you. I got nothing. Don't ask me. I got, I got nothing. Denovan. Sean, what's new and good in your world? Uh, where do you want to start? I, uh, I, I'm like actually adhering to all of my New Year's resolutions. You made it 11 days? It's been days. like 11 days, dude. <laughs> Take it easy. 12. Thank you very much. <laughs> all well, right. well, the 12th day is not over yet. You can still screw it up. I, no, actually, no. I, uh, I, this is day five in a row for the gym. What? Nice. I know. And it was funny because you just drove by the gym. You mean like and waved? No, no, no. I texted you my friend Jim. You actually went in. James, oh, Jim, friend yeah. Jim. I got it. No, it was funny because Monday was obviously I think it was like the first day, first day of the week after the new year, and the place was packed. And today, dead empty. Oh, wow. So Some people didn't make it twelve days. Exactly. They didn't make it five days. <laughs> wow. So I got that going on, and then on top of that, I'm actually leaving work at four o'clock every day and not coming in on the weekends, and just realizing that stuff just won't get done. Oh well, move that, on. That's the true miracle. That's what I'm shocked from. Yeah. Twelve, fourteen-hour days don't fix stuff. Still problems. I got you. Yeah. Hey, got Terry you. Sellers. Yo. What's new and good for you, buddy? Uh, let's see here. So what is new and good for me? Well, first of all, I'm down here in sunny St. George, although it's cold. Mm -hmm. We're going to play golf later. It's one of my favorite activities. I'm playing with my favorite golf buddy, Mark Q. Pepper. So um, I'm very excited about that. We're playing Black Desert, which for those of you that are golfers know, that's a, for me, that's going to be, I have never played Black Desert, and I love playing new courses, and I hear it's fantastic, so I'm looking forward to it. In fact, isn't the PGA Tour coming to, isn't it part of their tour now, Black Desert? I couldn't know that. Yeah, I'm pretty this sure it is. This year it's part of the, um, the, champion, the very end of the season really? playoff tournament. Really? It's a Champions, for that. Champions so, tournament. Something part, like of that? The, part of the, what do they call that? FedEx the Cup. FedEx Cup stuff, yeah. I'll get a little, wow. little inside baseball in that. I guess the governor called, uh, uh, what's the power company? Rocky Mountain Power. 
And they said, guys, you need to fix the power so we can get the PGA thing going on down here. They haven't gotten the power already over at the new golf course for the PGA. Oh. So the governor's <laughs> like, hey, hey, we want this. Yes, wow. this is good You for didn't us. call to get it ready for us today. What are you talking but about? for the next better, fall, apparently. They better have some power out there. To, I'm going to have some power out there today. I'm going to bomb a few drives down the middle. You guys are up there with Tiger Woods, though, right? I mean, it's oh, like Tiger yeah. Woods. We're right there. You for sure. Doc, right oh, there. Yeah. For sure. Right. And in the fact that we have all partaken of substances in our lives. <laughs> that's the only that's connection. Probably, yeah, that's probably the only connection uh, I have with Tiger. And I have a, I have sons, and so does he. So. <laughs> Let's jump into this thing. So today's topic, it's kind of it's I feel like it's an important one. It's one that might not be the most popular to to people because Oh, I think it's a good topic. Here's the thing. Don't downsell this yet. Okay. I think it's gonna be good. I'm gonna have fun with this. I also feel like when you talk about spirituality or faith crisis, a lot of people who are very logically minded don't understand it because it's kind of one of those hoozy woozy. You know, know, type just, of wow, what just it happened? can be one of those that not everybody Did a really bird logic. Fly away? Yeah, you know, just kind of you know. You know it what can I was be a little just mystical. thinking. Go ahead. That I think God is that stuff, the notion. But I think we talk in recovery about power. Yes. Different than God, possibly, maybe. Well. Greater than ourselves, for sure. Yeah. Again, though, to the average person that's listening to this, it's a very logically minded person, right? They don't quite know maybe what that is. And so I think for most people, here's kind of what I'm getting at. I'm building up to a question. Most people correlate religion or faith with a, sorry, spirituality or faith with a religion. So first. Well, that's too bad. I want to just kind of throw this out there. Spirituality versus religion. Is there a difference in your guys' mind? And especially as it applies to recovery. Well, I'll let the guest answer Absolutely. I, He's wrong, but uh, I'll let him answer um, first. I think, so I have a religion that mm-hmm. I identify with. And uh, I'm sort of a, a well, ca- non-real practicing Jewish man. I don't practice very much, but I... You grew up in a Jewish Jewish household? And I identify as that, and separate from that, or maybe not, feels separate from that, is my spirituality. And maybe it's not separate. It feels like it is. That I don't need that to have the spiritual stuff I have going on. I don't need a foundation of religion. I I happen to have one, so maybe maybe I'm a guy that needs that, because I... I've had that. I, I don't know if one needs that to have some spirituality in their life. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Doc, you, you, you respectfully disagreed. Let's get no, your No, I actually don't. I'm just, you know, me, I'm being... <laughs> Contrarian. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm showing my oppositional defiance. But, um, but I don't disagree at all. In fact, I have maintained this for a very long time now, and it d- took me a long time to figure this out. But I learned religion from the predominant religion in the area. I grew up Mormon. Uh, I didn't grow up in Utah, but I grew up Mormon. My my dad was Mormon, and then my mom later converted after they got married. And I grew up in a Mormon household. My mom was a very faithful Mormon. That's not where I learned spirituality. Mm. I learned spirituality in recovery. Honestly, yep. I really did. I didn't know much about spirituality. I was a really... Um, good looking, and by good looking, I don't mean I look. Uh, I meant I tried to look good, not that I'm handsome. Socially, um, from a- I, I, I like I was the model Mormon, mm. right? I grew up in the Mormon church. I went to early morning seminary and never missed a single day. Oh. I showed up to church in my white shirt and my tie, and you know I sat on the front row. I never sat on the front row, but um, but uh, you know I did all the things that looked good. That's not, that had nothing to do with spirituality. For some reason, that was important to me to look like I was, I don't, I'm not sure totally why. Well, I sort of know why, but, um, but that's not, it had nothing to do with spirituality. None of that stuff had anything to do with spirituality, even though somehow in my juvenile mind, I thought it did. So yeah, they're vastly separate. A lot of, I feel like a lot of religion there is, and I appreciate you being willing to talk about that, Doc. In religion, there is a big component of social um, perception or social 
acceptance. Does that make maybe I, the culture of that religion? Yeah. View it's a of, byproduct. I feel like I don't know that they necessarily are trying to do that, but it ends up being a byproduct. Yeah, it for sure happens. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, so and at the same time, but that's not spirituality, right? Because we got all these people. I'm going to talk about a little bit about my religion, partly because I, because it's also the predominant religion, right? But we have all these people in my religion that show up and sit on the front row and look great and cheat on their taxes, or cheat on their spouse or, you know, all these things. And so to me, early on in life, it was that showing up and sitting on the front row. And again, sitting on the front row is just a, it's just a metaphor, but showing up and looking good was important when in fact that has nothing to do with it at all. Showing up has something to do with it, but not looking good. Yeah. That social perception, maybe right. not as important. Yeah, great, great. I feel like this is a good topic. It's it's hard to talk about spirituality without the religion piece. For me, when I think of religion, I think of a body of people coming together, right, to to do oh, rituals or practice in a certain way versus spirituality to me is my connection between me and a power bigger than me. It, right? We talked about the Tao Ching yesterday a little bit, Mark. And, and so for me, it's like my connection to that, to the source of life. You know, I'm thinking as we're talking that I would imagine a vast majority of people find that in religion, that same thing as they attend church. I, I don't want to separate them too much because I think it can happen in a church. And I think it did happen to me as a young man at church. And it sounds like it happened to Dr. Sellers as a young man that uh, I went because my parents went, my grandparents went, and my sisters went, and I felt a connection at the time. I didn't know any different. So I would imagine for people that go their whole lifetime, they feel that same spiritual connection we're talking about in a church house or in front of an altar or however that goes. I think that may not just be our experience that we know and... I think, again, when I said absolutely they're separate, I don't think they need to be. I think people that go to church probably have immense spiritual experiences. Oh, absolutely. And I th just like I was saying, I, I can have an increased spiritual connection with, you know, my higher power, the source, the creator, God, you know, the universe, the cosmos, however you want to phrase it, right? We can speak to all the different languages and, and words that we use to, to try to describe it while I'm in a religious, you know, meeting or not. organization or not. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So th this is kind of a good buildup because it brings us to the topic of faith crisis. The reason why I feel like this is important one is sounds like all of us, Mark just said, when people find it in religion, typically that's what they felt the, you know, the entire time. That's why they continue to attend. Right. Makes sense. For those of us sitting around this table, it sounds like we may have at some point, and I don't know this to be true, but have you guys ever experienced a crisis of faith? And what did that look like for you in your recovery? Well, I, th I think as you ask that specific question, I would have to say no. That I think what the crisis was, I would have to give up drugs and alcohol to refine that connection. And it took me a really long time to give up drugs and alcohol. Hmm. That um, I was looking for that spiritual experience in the drugs and alcohol and had some of that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then at the end, I lost a bunch of that and was alone and lonely and sad and the stuff we get in the towards the end of our drinking and using and the end for me was like 10 or 12 or 15 years, like a long time. So the crisis might have been as I saw people recovering and feeling connected that I would have to give up the the real companionship I had with drugs and alcohol and dependence and love, hate, relationship, that it would require that uh, grand of a gesture by me to have any chance at a connection. Got you. I could not find that connection with me drinking and using. Right. Wasn't there. Didn't feel the same. But I don't know that I ever never believed in God. Okay. I for sure didn't think about God very much when I was drinking and using, but I don't, I didn't come to AA and say, I've got to change my, like, I need a belief. I, I think I had a belief. I just didn't think about it very much. Got you. Got you. 
I maintain that because um, I've talked to a lot of people about this, right? A lot of people think you can. Uh, uh, Timothy Leary thought that, for example, acid could bring you closer to your higher power. Hmm. I maintain that's impossible. I maintain you cannot put chemicals into your body and have that bring you closer to God. It brings you somewhere that you're not, but it doesn't bring you closer to God. I don't think you find God in mind-altering substances, regardless. So people that talk but, about doing peyote or right, mushrooms, right. or you wouldn't, you wouldn't say that that could be a spiritual experience? Um, well, I, l- let, me, let me say... It's okay if that's no, what you're saying. No, no, no. Just, it's I a great question. It's a legitimate question. I don't believe that brings you closer to God. No. I think you can contact God way more intimately when your mind is your own and his um, or hers. Uh, whenever your mind is not altered. Because I think that thing that you encounter when you don't, when you can't control your own thinking, I don't think that's necessarily God. It may feel different to people, but I don't believe that that's really God. What about you? Did you, I mean, you're, you got what, 20 plus years in recovery? Can I back up just a little bit? Sure. I, I, I think I disagree with Dr. Sellers. Okay, let's get it. And not with enough energy to really go into it. But there's a lot of spiritual want- ceremonies that uh, I just don't know if I fully agree. And I, I think that's enough said that I don't. Well, you can say more. Like, I'm no, for I, sure I, I'm not going to get offended by that. That's not why I don't I, want to say more. I, I think, <laughs> I don't know if you're right or not. I mean, right. I heard, I I'm listening the truth to you. Is, and I don't know if I'm right or not either, right? And so it's that's an, why I would disagree that the um, absolute and the certainty and uh, I, I don't know the truth for anybody else but me. And I barely know mine over a long time of being recovered and a long time of being alive. I think that's fair and legit. That may be a path for people. No, that that's I, fair and that legit. isn't mine. My opinion is definitely true for me. Beautiful. I don't know that my opinion is true for everybody. Yeah. Just but wanted I, to say that. But I don't know that um, I think you can for sure have a deep connection to God without mind-altering substances in your system. Sean, Sean, you got something. Yeah, Sean, I want to pipe in here. So you're talking yeah. about uh, spirituality. I guess maybe we can even break that down to trying to achieve a higher level of connection outside ourselves. And you're saying you disagree with that on on some level with uh, substances. And then yeah. we brought up the peyote stuff. And uh, and then when you came in, you were talking about uh, ketamine. And that's a, uh, a thing that's coming around where people are trying to find and uh, maybe go beyond themselves to either rectify, fix, or find something with the ketamine. So is, does that apply to what you were saying as well, where you agree or disagree with? Yeah, no, that's a legitimate, that's a really nice mm-hmm. question too, because I, I have recently started using ketamine, and by recently, I mean in the last few years, but recently started using ketamine in my practice, not in my personal practice, I mean as in in my practice <laughs> as of a medicine. Right, yeah. exactly, thanks. Um, <laughs> I, have, I have come to believe in some of the things that ketamine can do for people. Many people ex- uh, describe the thing they get from ketamine as a journey, right, as a, they're on this journey with ketamine. And so w- one of the things I know for a fact is ketamine helps uh, depression, treatment-resistant depression particularly, but depression, suicidality, and PTSD and trauma. And so that's why I've been such a big fan of it is because I know it helps those things. And I will definitely say that depression and PTSD keep people from having a deeper physical or a deeper, deeper spiritual connection with whatever it is they want a spiritual connection with. So, yeah, it's interesting because, yeah, I use it and I think it helps people, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want it. I didn't want to like it. I didn't want it to work. Well, I think I've described that on this show here before. I feel like this is uh, kind of a new thing, though, right? Like we're with the psychedelic treatment stuff. Yeah. This is new stuff. And so we're kind of in some uncharted territories. Sean, why did that particularly ping your interest? Well, I mean, you're, you mentioned... Uh, talking about journeys for spirituality. And so, you know, you say, well, spirituality is attached to God or a higher power or something beyond yourself. Uh, and of course, you know, we said, well, can certain things take you there? And then we brought up the peyote with spiritual ritual and then brought up the ketamine. So I'm just wondering, is 
chemical assistance in achieving what one would perceive as a spiritual experience. Uh, I'm not sure where the rest of that question goes, but you see where I'm trying to put the two together. And yeah, it's like, yeah, is that yeah, something absolutely. or is that just we're, a perception? We're about out of time. So I'm we'll come back to with part two. Yep, we will hit this topic. Love it. Part two. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you for listening. And we're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. And we'll be right back after that. You are listening to We Do Recover with Jared Miller and co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. We'll be right back after this short break with more of We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center, Rise Up Subs in the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. If you or your loved one is trapped in the cycle of addiction, there is a way out. At Steps Recovery Center in Utah, we believe in second chances and new beginnings. Our evidence-based treatments, compassionate staff, and supportive community guide you on the path to recovery. It is time to reclaim your life. Take the first step towards freedom, resilience, and a brighter tomorrow. Reach out to Steps Recovery Centers today. Recovery starts with you. And at Steps, there is always hope. Call us or visit our website to learn more. We welcome you back to We Do Recover with Jared Miller, co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center, Rise Up Sups in the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. And now with part two of our podcast, Jared Miller and Dr. Terry Sellers. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for listening to We Do Recover with Jared Miller. This is episode number 141. Is that what we decided? You nailed it, Doc. That's a lot of episodes, first of all. Congratulations. Um, yeah, thanks. Thank I, I, I enjoy nice. it. We've enjoyed it. It's been fun. I think uh, about how many choices listeners have to listen. Yeah. There's so much out there. Right. And that you have maintained. The fact the, that anyone listens to us is actually a miracle. But Or um, that you've made up that they keep listening 142 episodes on or right. that they do is is a testament yeah. to you guys. Nice work. You know, the cool thing is, is that's me and Sellers joke. It's his wife and my wife listen to this thing. But we've been doing this for a number of years. Yep. And we have downloads in every single state in the United States. We have downloads oh, in almost every region in Canada. We have some over in Europe. And every, we went a whole month almost without recording a podcast. I know I'm bragging at this point, but I'm proud of it. It's like, to me, it's mind-blowing. The gratitude's crazy. It's like, we started off with a body mic and a cell phone. Yeah, we did. Mm. And like, no listeners. And now we, yeah. we get downloads every single day when we're not even recording. Yeah. We go nice. a month without recording, I think we've had... a several hundred downloads Beautiful. just in the last month. It's, nice. it's kind of cool. We couldn't do it if people didn't listen. Of like, course. It doesn't make, any sense, if, it doesn't make any sense for us to keep doing this if we have two listeners. Seriously. It's this rich content, baby. Well, it's whatever. this rich content. All right. Well, let me tell you a little bit about our content. It is sponsored by the Hilton Garden Inn. And if you happen to be traveling through southern Utah, please give them a Google search. Hilton Garden Inn. It's always sunny and warm at the Hilton Garden Inn. And... Uh, I got. I pulled into the Hilton Garden Inn last night a little bit after midnight, and uh, same thing I always get. The staff is super friendly. The rooms are lovely and large. Did not get to partake of the hot tub last night, but uh, might do it this evening after we play golf. So uh, give them, give them. I mean, they they treat you well, and their their amenities are great. So give them a Google you, search. Yep. If you need a place to stay in Southern Utah, the Hilton Garden Inn is it. So, all right. So back to uh, where we were from whence we came. Uh, my mom would be proud of that. I didn't end the sentence with a preposition. Uh, back, back to that um, topic that we were talking about. I had a couple of things I wanted to mention, and then I think uh, Mark has some things that he wants to talk about as well. But I, I read a book once called The God Part of the Brain, and the... the, the, the um, the t the theory of the book was there is a place in your brain that you can stimulate however you stimulate places in brains i mean like with electric probes i mean with the i mean with chemicals there's a place in your brain that you can stimulate that you can stimulate that will simulate a spiritual experience Everyone has this part in their brain that if you stimulate that part of the brain, they sometimes see visions or they sometimes. And so the supposition then of this book was because there is this place in the brain, that means there is no God. 
Mm. That was what the, that was the that's the theory this guy was putting forth is because there is a part of your brain that if you stimulate it you'll experience a religious spiritual experience that that means there that's proof there is no god and I just I just don't get that out of that out of that connection right there uh, why do things develop in our brain if there isn't a reason for it like I think because there is a part of your brain that you can s stimulate that will produce a spiritual experience means we were meant to have spiritual experiences. That's what I got out of it. And the author got something completely different out of it. Well that said. was proof to him that there is no God. And I'm like, oh, that seems like proof there is a God. Why is there things in our brain that, <laughs> that develop for no reason whatsoever? You know what I love about you, Doc? You can start down a pathway because oftentimes we talk about recovery first thought wrong. Right, you can start down a pathway, kind of like you did. Maybe at your first. first six months or ten months, or we get better at our first thoughts as <laughs> okay, we stay well sober said. for sure. But I just love that you can backtrack and rethink it and go. You know what? No, maybe I'm. Maybe I. Maybe I wasn't right in that statement, and you know, because I feel like when we stay in that curious state, is when we're the most productive. Right? When we have absolutes, it's very finite. It's very defining. Staying curious. So I just appreciate that about you, Mark. I think what I was I, looking. At, and uh, you guys didn't know what I was looking for. Right. It's exactly what you're talking about. It says... Give this us is the, from the big book. From the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. I don't know what page, but it says, actually, we were fooling ourselves for deep down in every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. Mm. And maybe it's part of our brain. Mm -hmm. um, we well, finally, it's not likely to be part of our liver. Or, right. but, it's not, but it says the fun, fundamental idea of God. Right. Yeah. We finally saw that faith in some kind of God was part of our own makeup just as much as the feeling we had for a friend. And I, I that's an interesting sentence to me that doesn't necessarily relate. But um, there's also a part in the back in the spiritual experience that says they've tapped an unsuspected inner resource they presently identify with as a power greater than themselves, an inner resource. I do not need to look outside of me, including in AA or in the big book or in food or sex or behaviors or a gam, you know. Right. It, it is inside of me. And, and I, not everyone maybe subscribes to what's written in the book or the, the book you just quoted. I subscribe to what's written in the big book, and I'm curious about it too, that... Oh, that, that says that that's inside of me, that there's not, uh, doesn't say there's not a power outside of me, but it does say that there's a power inside of me that I need to tap into, an inner resource, a fundamental idea. That's pretty fascinating to me, and yeah. I, don't, I don't even know what to, where to go with that information, but I, I, I like to think that it's inside of me, that I don't need a different woman or more money or a better job to find that it's inside of me. I've spent most of my life looking outside of me for that. Mm -hmm. It's apparently the wrong place to look. I love this. We're, yeah. we're talking about some step two stuff. And Mark, you shared that you never really went through what we would term as a faith crisis. Right? I'm on the opposite end of that spectrum. I grew up just like Dr. Sellers in a, in a LDS household. And for whatever reason, I think it was probably my own shame and my own guilt for the things that that I had done while in active addiction, right? That I came to a point where I went in my first AA meeting and they said the word God and I got up and walked out because I was done with that dude. That dude was hard on me, He right? Keep in mind, this is very early recovery. I'm heavily in victim mode. And so I often think back to, for, for me, I went through a faith crisis where I felt like I had to unlearn what I'd previously learned, figure out what worked for me, what didn't work for me to be able to move forward spiritually. Hmm. Now, fast forward nine years, I've come back to a lot of the original beliefs, right? Uh, today, I, I identify as a Christian. I believe in, in Christ, right? So a lot of the fundamental stuff I learned growing up in the LDS faith, I've come back to. Yeah. But I had to get to a point where I had to deal with my own uh, pity mentality, my own shame, my own guilt, a lot of that stuff to realize, listen, that God wasn't punishing me. It was my natural consequences, 
right? When you avoid your family and you're using heroin and right, all the stuff, your natural consequences end up being pretty ugly and pretty bad, right? It's pretty interesting that we will believe in heroin, but not God. We will believe in alcohol or name it, name it. And we're going to fight until we die oftentimes about God. I, I love, like, that's just fascinating to me when that argument is put. Like, you so easily believe sure. in a power greater than yourself, drugs or alcohol, yet you're going to be hung up on this. And I would say if, if God drives you out of AA or NA, drugs and alcohol drive you right back in. And that's true for me. It, it just sort of takes. <laughs> that's it, true for me. Man, I mean, I also was I also was encouraged. Uh, part of like completing my program was getting a sponsor. So I was introduced to a guy named John, and I told John my hang up with this whole God problem thing, right? And he said, <laughs> and he did that. He laughed right, at me. Of course, right? yep, he laughed at me. Um, and then he he pointed to a guy across the room, and I don't know. We'll we'll use the name Charlie just for to give an example. And he said, well, "This was guy's step name, two stuff." Guy's name actually was it's Charlie, Charlie <laughs> <but> whatever. Goes <laughs> by Chuck. Yeah. You know. I don't actually remember the time, but so step two, coming to believe, right? He said, "Okay, look over there at at, at, Char at Charlie." You know, he went for he flushed his life down the toilet with alcohol. He's been in recovery for 10 years. He's remarried. He has a career. He's getting in contact with his kids. He's basically rebuilt his life. If it's possible for Charlie, Jared, is it possible for you? And I had to, th I had to f approach this whole topic from a logical standpoint at first, and I had to think, well, sure, why wouldn't it be? He's human just like me. And that was the seed of the faith that grew to fast forward today, nine years later, right? That sounds separate from a higher power to me. That's and maybe it's not, but it sounds like. And I, I think it's important in recovery to separate, like, not drinking and getting stuff back. From on one side power? and and a spiritual experience or higher power on another side. Like, but the belief that your life yep. could get better, your belief that there was something out there that would help transform get your that life. That piece, I yeah. yeah, I should have said that. It's all right. Yeah. That's what I'm curious. Like. Oh, I could get my life. If I could get my life back by myself, I would have done it. For sure. Yeah, for sure. I think the biggest thing I'm wanting to kind of get at is, let's say a listener is struggling with a spiritual crisis. What advice would you give a listener who's, who's kind of going through that? Pray harder. I'm just sorry. <laughs> um, sort of that. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I went to a meeting recently and was talking about the power it was a 7 a.m. meeting, and there were 40 people, and I assumed they were all sober, including me, and the power that that of that. And um, I had this young woman come up to me afterwards and said, you were wrong because I'm high right now. I came to the meeting. I used drugs and came into the meeting, hmm. and I can't tap into God. I, don't, I hear the talk in here, and it... Um, and the, the beauty of Alcoholics Anonymous for me is that nobody talked me into God. Nobody told me their version. Like, we just look around and we know peop the, the people that have a higher power and don't, generally. Okay. They'll talk about that. <clears throat> um, I don't think you have to believe in a higher power or God to get and stay sober. Okay. I think I do, but I don't think one does because I... I my sponsor will say that he's an atheist at times, and I'm certainly a. I practice agnosticism quite often when I take my own will back and I don't trust God. I'm sort of agnosticing my way through the day. I can get that. That I was a that. heck of an adjective right there. Yeah. Ing? No, that was a verb. Sorry. That was a verb. Agno agnosticing. Agnosticing. Yeah. Ish. Nice. Um, yeah. I love so you, and I that was great, but I don't know that it answered the question. You have somebody who's going through I would tell a faith them crisis. To, what, would you, what advice would you give them? I, I don't give advice. Okay. I don't know what that person should do. I could tell you, them what I did, which was... You give me advice on the golf course all the time. To pray. <laughs> it's the worst advice ever. Get on your knees and beg whatever's out there to help you. Because that's what was told to me, and I was angry, and I resented the woman that said it, and I... Probably said some not very nice things to her, and she was right. I, I just, I don't know what else to do. So I, I'm going to take, I'm going to take umbrage with a point that you just made. 
Uh, and that your way. I, I might have just made up a word for all I know. Um, and that is, uh, I, I don't know that it's absolutely 100% mandatory, but I think it's pretty close that you have to believe in a power greater than yourself. You don't have to believe in God. Correct. So the atheist is fine, but... Uh, to me, what that always meant was I have to, like, if I'm the greatest power out there, I'm not going to get clean and sober. Correct. Because I, me, by myself, wasn't able to do that. And so I have to believe there's something greater than me that can help me through this. And that can be God, and it is for a lot of people, but it doesn't have to be God. It just has to be not you. Correct. All that right. I believe in. We agree on that. Yeah. You have to have a power greater than yourself, because if you're the greatest power on the planet, you're going to stay. You're going to stay drinking. And you have the power to stop drinking, right? Yeah. Which I didn't. Right. It wasn't until I finally gave up and said, "Apparently, I can't do this on my own," which was a difficult revelation to me. I didn't want to admit that. I think that's what we're talking about—the difficulty to get to that place. My experience is that will take. Not me trying to talk you in. It will take drugs and alcohol to convince one that is a drug addict or an alcoholic that that's the solution. Like, when you're all out of other ideas and that's the only one that the people that you look to have, there's that surrender, right, of like, those guys seem to know what they're saying. I don't like what they're saying, but they seem to be onto something. I'm over here trying to kill myself okay, like just reluctantly and unwillingly and mm-hmm. begru- like angrily, mm-hmm. which was my way of coming. Like, F you guys, I don't have another, <sighs> right? I don't have, I'm out. I'm out of ideas. This could be a shortcoming of mine, but I do give advice because I was given advice and it was very helpful. And so just a different perspective, right? Different. Um, my first sponsor, John, gave me quite a bit of advice and, and the advice I would give to kind of answer my own question here is be curious, right? It, number one, be curious. So don't, don't throw other people's like Mark, your very AA God, right? Like you had a foundation of that growing up. That's, that was familiar for you. It made sense. It don't rule out Mark's opinion. Don't rule out Terry's opinion. Don't rule out Jared's opinion. That would be the first one is stay curious. Try some self-discovery. What works for you? What doesn't work for you? But here's the kicker. Don't tell me you don't believe in God and don't tell me you don't believe in this and don't tell me you don't believe in that. What do you, right? So instead of focusing on that's not going to work for me or this isn't going to work for me or I'm not subscribing to that. Okay, that's great. So what are you going to do? Get into that discovery mode. Attend some churches. Go on some hikes. Start doing Mm. some meditation. Try a variety of things. That's a beautiful thing about spirituality Mm. is it doesn't have to look the same for the two different, right, for the same person. Sorry, it doesn't have to look the same for two different people. And so the getting in the action of discovery for me is more important than sitting back and having you tell me that this isn't going to work for you and that's not going to work for you and why it's not going to work for you. This is one of my pet peeves in in recovery. Thanks for bringing it up because I have... I have spoken to way too many people who go to one AA meeting and state AA doesn't work for me. <laughs> right, exactly. Listen, there might be some AA meetings that won't work for you, right? But you can't tell me you've honestly tried AA if you went to one meeting. That's just like dipping your toe in the pool and say swimming doesn't work for me. Like it doesn't, it's not, that's not legit. You, you are going to have to look for a meeting that will work for you. And it might not be your first one. It might not even be your fifth one. Do you know how uh, you've heard this million times, that thing that it doesn't work. I don't think you or I, or either of uh, any of us are going to convince the person that AA works. Right. I think alcohol is going to convince the person when they're out of other, like, I I love when they say that. I'm like, you might be right. What else you got? Right? Like that kind because of, I have the same response of like, well, it, of course it works. Like I'm just go look in the mirror, Mark, or the other, you guys. And I think with people that are not quite ready or in early sobriety, I, I just, I want to back off a little more. And I appreciate you saying that you like to give advice. And I prefer to maybe share more experiences or, or honor the person's autonomy because 
they have it anyway. Right. I could give them For advice sure. and they could say no. Right. I could tell them something. They could say yes. They could say, screw you. I'm not doing it. Yep. Really? <laughs> no one's ever said that to me. Never. Now, um, I, I just think it's, um, it feels like it's such a normal thing to not want to go to AA or not want to get sober. And I think the, the notion of a drug addict or alcoholic standing at the doorstep of giving all of that up a day at a time for the rest of their life is very overwhelming. The, the prospect, of, the thought of it. And we get people into treatment all the time that are at that spot of what you're proposing is that I try to find a way to live without drugs and alcohol. And we say, yes, that is what you're here proposing and mm -hmm. we'll, we'll support that. I'm reminded over and over what a big effing deal that moment would be for a human being because it was for me and I know it is for you that the day that it, our sobriety date. Right. And I, I want to respect that and honor that of like, this is your life. This is a big deal. This is your life. If you're not ready for God, we don't care. I think, you're, you know, I just think that process is so important to get to a place. As I look back on my history and I know enough about yours and other people, it's like, it just took the last drink. Mm. to get me to a place where I could really throw in the towel and say, help, I need to know what you guys are doing. Please just guide me, right? I'm not wired that way. Right. I, you guys aren't. It took that, the administration of a beating that severe that I want our clients to get like. They've got to find their own surrender. Right. And it I, took hundreds of failed attempts right. of my own ideas. Mm-hmm. Before I finally decided my ideas weren't going to work anymore. I, it, once and twice was it's never going to work for me. I had to fail hundreds of times before I could finally give up and say, apparently that's not going to work. It's weird. I think one of the, as I try to take a 30,000 look perspective, look at like recovery and the treatment model and, and all the stuff that we all do on a daily basis. Right. I think back to AA was formed off of, attraction, not promotion. And I think when we have clients that are, um, a little bit oppositionally defiant, the more, in other words, everyone, all of our clients, yeah. right? Fair. Everyone we've ever treated. <laughs> the more we do the promotion and forget that it's attraction. Right. And so I, I think what you're saying is absolutely true, Mark. They have to come to a place where they're willing and they're desperate. They've surrendered. Right. You and had then to. I had to, and I had to look around and go, okay, I don't know the journey out of this thing. But John does. Yeah. Right. He's doing it. Or Charles, who, right? Like these people, these men that surround me. But I, I can also appreciate being that client, that human being that was sitting there going, if one more person tells me I have to read out of the AA book every single day, I'm going to throw up. So let's stop telling him that. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Even if it's the, I'm not telling anyone what to, like, I don't tell someone that. Like, you turn to page 47. Like, I don't. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? It's their life. I don't know. So, listener, what do you, you, what do you want to do yeah. if you're listening to this and you're going through a faith crisis, right? What advice would you have for a listener going through a crisis of faith? Uh, shut up. Get out of your own way. Uh, no, not, not really. Honest. Uh, so, I've been thinking about something that doesn't directly answer your question, but I'm a member of a religion that, that teaches directly don't drink, right? My religion teaches that. Very few other people can say that. Very few other religions actually teach that many religions use alcohol as a religious symbol, right? I mean, it's part of the, the sacrament in many Christian religions. And my religion specifically teaches me to stay away from things. Now, in the in the those particular commandments that we call them, uh, there is no actual mention of, uh, well, there is wine is mentioned, but there's no mention of cocaine. There's no mention of, I mean, heroin, right? But, but those things are supposed to be, I mean, they're meant to be there. It's just that there wasn't heroin in the day that, that we started believing that particular concept. So I will say that this goes back to a thing we talked about earlier, and we're almost out of time. I don't want to take the whole remainder of the time, but I will say that going back to a concept that we were talking about earlier, and that is it's hard to, 
if your spirituality comes through my religion, it's hard to be a very good member of my religion and break that specific commandment. And then, so when you can't quit, now you're going to, if you're either going to come to this, this realization that you need help, or you're going to blame the commandment, you're Mm -hmm. going to blame the Mormon church. And so many people fall away from the church because they can't obey some of the tenets of that faith. Sure, it's that guilt and that shame that yeah. I was talking about earlier. So Absolutely. this comes back to can you contact a higher power or have a connection with a higher power when you've got mind-altering substances in your brain? Uh, you know, my 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 thing was I don't know that you can, but I don't know that you can't either. But uh, my, my religion teaches we shouldn't be doing that stuff, and you can't be religious in my religion. Well, you can't. You can't be... Uh, you feel at odds with yourself if you're not doing that thing in my religion. I get that. Well said. Mm-hmm. Well said. But when I come across somebody who's going through maybe a faith crisis or they're looking for a way, you know, where are they going to start? It's always discovery. You know, what what will work for you? What are you willing to? If you were willing to try something, what would that look like? Like that. Yeah, let's start there. The other thing that I always come to is a Bible, a, a, a verse in a Bible, which I'm going to slaughter, but... How do the lilies grow? Right? My spirituality is this. There's something out there that shines on all of us. Sinners, saints, do-gooders, not don't... Do-batters. Right? Do-batters, right? Like, there's a power out there that creates a flow. There's a power out there that looks over all of us. Maybe. I, I, in my opinion, there is. Mine too. Yeah. It's been fun, That power's telling us time's up. That's right. Wow, thank you. That went quick. Thanks for joining us. We could do a whole nother hour on that. And I just, a whole nother's not a phrase, but we could do a whole. Anyway, thanks for listening. Episode 141, We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Thanks for joining us today on We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Help us spread our message of hope. Like, comment, and share. If you have any topics or ideas for future shows, please share that on our Facebook page. That Facebook page is We Do Recover with Jared Miller. If you or a loved one needs help, please reach out to us. Again, thank you for listening. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center, Rise Up Sups, and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of its sponsors. This has been a production from A Podcast Studio.